0: You're listening to the Rut Ambush podcast and here are your hosts, Chad Cottle and Tommy Ingram. Welcome guys, thanks for listening to the Rut Ambush podcast. I'm your host Chad Cottle. I'm your host Tommy Ingram.
1: We're, we did it, man. We're here. We're, we're here. We're yeah. uh, we're recording our first podcast. Something that we've had in the works for a little bit now and uh, we finally made it. I'm excited, buddy. Yeah, it should be a good one. Let's do it. Um, so, why are we here? This is, uh, you know, the reasons why we feel like we can deliver a good podcast about hunting and the outdoor industry is because where we're at now is hunters and our evolution, where we came from. Um, we, we didn't start out as great hunters. Um, no, we didn't. Yeah. and we, um, we, we still have a lot of work to do, but we've learned some things along the way that, um, that really brought us along. Um, let's start out with, um, a little bit of an introduction on who we are and what brought us here. Um, Chad, what got you into hunting?
0: Well, I guess I kind of got to go back to where I grew up. You know, um, I grew up in a very, very small town, Southeastern Ohio, um, w- when I tell people where I come from, I don't even refer to it as, you know, the town that I'm from or definitely not a city, but we refer to it as Guernsey County or Gurney County, all right? Hillbilly town, um, you know, farming community. Uh, we didn't even have a stoplight where I grew up. We had one general store and about three gas stations. So, but like I said, it was a very, r- very rural, uh, community and, uh, very outdoor, oriented and, um, you know, very, you know, hunting, fishing-based kind of community. So, I mean, to kind of give you a little example is, uh, you know, growing up, uh, when I would go to school, um, and it wasn't necessarily me, but the guys that I, that I went to school with, um, we'd be getting, getting ready for school in the morning, and guys would be coming into school in their bloody camos. And going down to the locker room and getting changed and showered and ready for school and and uh, because they would do they would be duck hunting before school and uh, you know everybody had a pocket knife I mean of course I kind of grew up in school in a little bit different time you know but everybody always had a knife on them at school everybody always had a can of chew on them at school um, and everybody had you know their shotgun in the trunk you know or in a rack in the back of their truck so you know that's kind of so it wasn't. It's weird because my dad, he was an outdoors guy. I mean, he grew up in the hills of Kentucky, and you know he was always out, you know, outside. And and they were poor, so you know, and we didn't have a lot of money grow, growing up. We weren't poor. I, uh, you know, we weren't poor. We, we never did without. I never did without. I should say, but um, but that's what you did. You went outside and play. I didn't play video games. I didn't have those those type of things. So. Uh, You spent a lot of your time outside, but my, my father, like he, he took me fishing and we did a lot of things outside, but he was never a hunter I never hunted. I kind of hunted by default from where I grew up and uh, you know, the people I hung out with and hunted and fished and that's what I did. So I really enjoyed it, but I never, you know, most of the hunting that I did was more geared around squirrel hunting or rabbit hunting. Um, You know, something where. I could go out, and I could have a chew in, and I could make a lot of noise, and and I didn't really have to understand a whole lot about it. Um, So, you know, I have a good base and a good background, I guess, um, for being outdoors and, and, you know, the hunting kind of community, but, you know, I was never really, I mean, I grew up with people, I mean, they lived, ate, and breathed deer hunting, um, and that wasn't necessarily me you know, originally, uh, but I guess, you know, you know, growing up I had that and then I went off to college and then I ended up moving to Columbus. Right. So I moved in to the city of Columbus and I lived in an apartment. I got away from all that. I mean, I still fished, still did those type of things, but I didn't really have, um, you know, anywhere to hunt, uh, or the time, cause I was working all the time and, and to hunt was, um, it was it was a chore because I would have to, um, you know, go back home, whatever. And, every, and when I was back home, I would go out and I'd squirrel hunt, things like that. Um, but so I got away from it for, for you know, quite a while. Um, but, you know, I eventually I got married. I got a good job. I got married. And my wife and I, we kind of every dip, you know, we bought a house. It was kind of out in the country, but it wasn't really where I could hunt. Uh, but we got, you know, an acre of land, but it was still almost like a subdivision. And, but we grew, both grew up on farms. You know, I grew up cattle farming, and, and she grew up, you know, on a sheep farm. So, you know, I had about 600 acres. She had about 600 acres. So um, and we kind of enjoyed that aspect of life. And, and you know, we, had, we started a family. So, you know, we had a, we had a son. We kind of wanted to get back to our roots, kind of get him involved in those type of things as well. Um, you know, we were in 4-H all our lives and we kind of wanted those things for him because it was a good experience. You know, I think it taught, you know, a lot about character, it taught a lot about responsibility and those type of things. So, you know, as we grew as a family and kind of got older, we, we started to go back to our roots a little bit. And um, that being said, you know, we eventually, we, uh, we bought a new house, we bought some acreage, bought a small farm so we could have animals. And, um, so my original plan, you know, for our farm or for my property, we originally bought six acres and then we, we bought four more acres on top of that. Um, so about four acres is pasture, about six acres is, is wooded, you know, so our original plan for that was just to get some animals and kind of start a small farm. And, you know, I was like, Oh, these woods are great. You know, I can just do a little bit of hunting here and there. And, um, and it was cool because it it made it easy and it helped me get back into hunting a little bit because I could literally walk out my front door a hundred yards and I could be in a tree stand. I could be in the woods and, you know, I loved it. It was great, but I didn't really understand, you know, the nuances of deer hunting. Um, and so my son kind of, and, and let me put this in there is I I've never bow hunted. I've always gun hunted. Never knew anything about bow hunting. Uh, some of my friends used to do it, but I just, I never did it. Never had a bow. Um, you know, so I never really I didn't really have anybody to teach me about bow hunting, but, um, like I was saying, my son, he really wanted to hunt and I was like, all right, you know, I was like, I'll take you out squirrel hunting and, and, uh, well, you know, if you can sit still long enough to, to kill a squirrel, I was like, then maybe we can try deer hunting. So we went out and squirrel sign everywhere, squirrel nest, you know, and never saw a squirrel, you know, basically sitting on the ground, which is how I hunted as a kid. I never hunted from a tree stand anything like that. But, um, so sitting on the ground, we didn't really never saw anything. So I'm like, so after the deer season ended and at this point, we still haven't deer hunted on our property. Um, but, after the deer season ended, I was like, well, "You know what? I was like, I bet you if we get a tree stand, I bet you we'll see squirrels. you know just kind of getting off the ground a little bit so So after the season ended, we bought a uh, two two person ladder stand on sale. I put it up one night and uh, put it up in the middle of the night because the next day was the last day of squirrel season. so um, we got in that thing, and probably ten minutes after we got in that stand, squirrels everywhere, so my uh, my son Shot, and he actually got a uh, Santa brought him a 20-gauge for Christmas. And this was, like, January, February that we went squirrel hunting. So he got his first squirrel, um, you know, which he was pretty excited about. So he did good. He could stay, stay quiet. So the next season, I took him out for a youth gun. And, you know, we just I had a trail camera out. There are tons of does, tons of deer coming through. And uh, he got his... First dough, shot his first dough, made 10-ringed it, perfect shot, ran 20 yards, dropped, giant dough. I mean, we probably had meat in the freezer from that thing for probably a year and a half. And actually, Tommy, I think you had, you had the back straps, didn't you? Yep. Just the I other sure day. Yeah, delicious. So that was sure from his did. dough. yeah. So, uh, you know, he was excited, man. He was excited. And, and so I was like, sweet. So, um, you know, I was going out. You know, I went out during gun, gun week. And, you know, I live out, I kind of live out in the boonies. I mean, not too bad, but, you know, I live out in Amish country, but there's a ton of hunters around here. And so I went out during gun week and, uh, and it sounded like Beirut around my house. I mean, and it was a ghost town. I mean, it's like once those guns start going off during gun week they are I mean, they're nowhere to be found tons and tons and tons of deer. I mean, in my backyard, I'm, I could sit on my back deck, pick these things off man i mean they're just coming through my backyard but during after gun week during gun week and right after i mean it's a ghost town there's nothing so um but in the meantime you know my son was kind of beating me up for because he wanted a b he wanted a bow so you know that christmas santa brought him a bow and uh got him a hoyt clash uh which is great for him because the poundage is adjustable wide range and, and draw length and, and all that good stuff so it can grow with him a good bit, but while Santa was picking out that bow, um, you know, at the uh, it was Ohio Valley, Valley Trading Post is what it was, and um, it was kind of like a local pro shop. But you know, when I got his bow, all Hoyts and Elites at that time were half off, and uh, so I'm like, okay, so I saw a used Hoyt there. And uh, those were also half off, and I didn't know it at the time. But the reason why it was half off is because it was a going out of business sale. But I'm like, okay, cool. So I found a used Hoyt, probably 12 years old, and uh, which I still use as of right now. Uh, had arrows with it, rest, you know, quiver, uh, sights, all that good stuff, and it was 250 bucks. I got it for half off, and I'm like, man, you can't beat that. So, anyways, I, I bought it. Um, I asked for forgiveness instead of permission from, from the wife and, uh, we kind of made it an early birthday present, but I went out started practicing and, um, and, uh, you know, kind of caught the bug as far as, um, you know, bow hunting goes. And I realized, man, this, this season is four months long, you know, yeah, I'm like, nice. yeah, so, and I can hunt before the guns start going off around my house, you know, and it's like, it's just kind of like a revelation, which was weird because I grew up in that world. I grew up in that community and, and I just never really realized it. Um, you know, somebody once told me when you start bow hunting, you, you'll never go back and, you know, kind of fast forward. That's true. Like even during, you know, I have a muzzleloader now I have, and, and I did, I went out for a muzzleloader this season. Um, but honestly i i just don't know i just really don't care to take anything anymore with a gun it just doesn't really interest me um you know i like the up close and personal and, and i think that might know. be where you and i are going to be different for sure because <laughs> I'll,
1: I'll i'll use it all i'll use the i'll use the bow i'll use the crossbow i'll use the muzzle loader i'll use a shotgun and and uh I'll do it all. I'll be out there for the whole thing. But I definitely understand. I've caught I caught that uh, that compound bow bug for a long, long time, yeah. and they're just so much fun to shoot. So it's it's understandable why there's a lot of hunters that go out in the woods. And they don't want to. They don't want to take it. They'll go out there during gun week, and they don't even think about it. some. Some guys don't even own uh, own a gun. They just they and and they're diehard hunters. Yeah, I'm so not against that.
0: it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm not against using a gun. I'm. I mean, you know, whatever gives you an advantage, whatever. You know, you're able to. You know, if you're you're, you know, definitely like the crossbows and 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 guns in general. I mean, they're beneficial for you know younger people and maybe females, um, not all females, but you know, uh, females that can't necessarily uh, use a compound, uh, disabled people, things like that. So I'm I'm all for it. Don't get me wrong. It's just I now enjoy the the compound bow i mean it's just it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun man i mean there's so much that goes into it and you know there's so much more skill and and not saying more challenging for sure there's no doubt about it it's more up close and personal i'm sorry i got you off track no you're good brother um yeah but you know that being said uh i went out and and i killed a uh Button buck accidentally. I wasn't too happy about that, but you know, it was my first one with, uh, with the compound. That happens a lot. Yeah. We think it's a dough and yeah, but they get the business, you know, you get excited You come in. You don't take the time to, to kind of take a good look at it. You're just, you see meat in the Start freezer. Start thinking about that meat in the freezer, Absolutely, man. Absolutely brother. Um, and they taste good. <laughs> they do taste good. They do taste good. Um, but yeah, so I guess, uh, Let's see, where am I going with this? Let area? me jump in here real yeah, quick. I'm going to talk
1: anywhere. about how how I got to where I am now. Yeah, um So <clears throat> I grew up a, a lot like you, man. I, I grew up shotgun hunting deer with my dad, and we weren't very successful. And it's because we didn't really know what we were doing. And uh, uh, we didn't really take the time to go out and educate ourselves on what it is that these deer have these what these white-tailed deer have at their disposal to give them all the advantage in the woods and and make no mistake about it when we go out in the woods and we're hunting these these animals these things have been evolving for millions and millions of years and they have all of the advantage we have none of the tactical advantage so a big part of what we want to do with this podcast is we want to show the hunters how we can take Baby steps, and I mean baby steps, to learn as much as we can about um, this whitetail's deer biology to um, put all put some of the advantage back in our favor. I want to give an example. Same time I started hunting deer, I started hunting um, started hunting turkeys in the spring. And I'm gonna tell you right now, at the beginning, I was a terrible turkey hunter. I mean, absolutely terrible. I, I, I'm not gonna tell you how long that I went, right now, without ever seeing a turkey. But it, we'll, just it a, was, it, we'll just say it was a. will just say it was. <laughs> we'll just say it was a long time. We'll just say it was a long time. Okay. And and the reason it, it was three years. I hunted. I hunted turkeys in the spring for three straight years. You're a terrible turkey hunter. Yeah. And I did not see a turkey. Now, now let's put this into perspective now, okay? This is three straight springs. I go out there at o dark 30, in the middle, uh, you know, hours before they even wake up. And the sun rises, and I hear multiple, when I say multiple, six, seven, sometimes up to ten turkeys gobbling all around the field that I'm sitting in, Okay. They're gobbling in the front of me. They're gobbling in the back of me. And I cannot be any more excited. I'm like a kid on Christmas. And uh, I start calling to them and calling to them. And I actually even have some uh, turkeys gobbling back at me. And they fly down. And they fly off that roost in the morning. And I did not see a turkey for three straight years. So... I obviously, um, yeah, it's frustrating. I'm a terrible turkey hunter, right? <laughs> so I need, so I need to go back to school. I need to educate myself on what it is about this turkey's biology that they have. What what's this advantage they have over me? And you know, I, I start podcasting. I start listening to podcasts. And I start listening to, or I start reading everything that I can on, on turkey from turkey biologists, and I start learning that uh, how how good their vision is. And so I say, okay, I got to beat their vision. And then I hear a really, really experienced turkey hunter say, if you want to be a good turkey hunter and you're a poor one, you need to get in and ground blind. So it's time to go ground blind shopping, go get, go get the ground blind. And then I hear another guy say, you know, if you want to be a good turkey hunter, get rid of those foam decoys at the big, from the big box store that you paid $6 for, you got to get a realistic looking turkey decoy. Now we'll, we'll, go into, we'll go into that on our turkey show or turkey shows, I guess I should say, but I'm not going to go in deep, but I go out that next year and I, t- I tell, I tell my, my girlfriend, I said, look, this is it. This is my last year. I'm done. This is my fourth year turkey hunting. I haven't seen one. I hear them all around me. I'm having dreams about turkeys in the middle of the night. I'm I, they're, they're, they're driving me crazy. Seriously. I'm, I mean, I'm getting obsessed with these things. And I can't see one. So I go out that fourth year, the very first opening day. And I put, I'm in a ground blind and I got some realistic looking decoys and it I, I'll tell you a little bit about the story. Um, I worked third shift the night before and I came and drove in, I got, got a few hours off and I drove in and I got set up in the dark and, um, so I hadn't had any sleep and I'm sitting there and I got my turkey decoys all set up in front of me. I'm, I got, got, I got my bow sitting there and I, I've never shotgun hunted turkeys, by the way, we'll t- we'll talk about that. And this might be the first year I bring the shotgun out, but I'm sitting there and I'm all ready to go. And I'm thinking, man, this is another year. I'm not, I, and they were in that morning. They were, they had lit up all around me. They were gobbling all over the place. And, uh, I'm sitting there and I'm I'm almost asleep it's uh it's approaching noon um which in Ohio that year noon was uh cut off time so i'm I'm approaching time where I'm gonna pack it up, and I was like, here we go another year they beat me again, and all of a sudden I hear pap, 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 uh, something running straight through the woods toward me, and I hear these leaves pap, I'm like that's definitely too heavy to be a turkey. It's something running toward me and something running toward these decoys, but it's probably the dumbest deer I've ever seen. <laughs> so, um all of a sudden this giant old bird jumps on my uh Jake decoy and starts thrashing it. And this is 10 yards from me and when I say I thought my heart was gonna beat out of my chest, I I I mean, I really thought I was gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> and and I gra I, I, I get my clip into my bow and I draw back and I'm so nervous, I hit the release and I shot my ground blind. <laughs> <laughs> and this turkey. There's actually two. I didn't see him, but there was actually two giant toms out there. This this tom that jumped on my 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 decoy, he just looks around. He didn't see anything. He he heard something, but he goes back to thrashing on this decoy. So I get another arrow in him. Arrow in the bow, and I got an arrow in him. And when and I knew it was a good hit. And he takes off into the woods. And I, I when I tell you. I'll never feel that feeling again. I don't care if I kill a two hundred inch deer this year. I will never feel that feeling I felt when I shot that turkey. It, it's it, it's indescribable. It's like a weight lifted oh, off my your shoulder. Gosh, right? it was so. It was a, it, like you said that. That I mean, just the stress of years and years of being unsuccessful and years and years of frustration. I'm like, I did it. I cannot believe I just did it and when i look back i would have never i would have never shot a turkey if i hadn't educated myself on what it takes to really beat their their senses and we're going to relate that right back to the white-tailed deer and um now i light them up every year every spring there's um i tell i tell my little girl i'm like i'm gonna go i'm gonna go get i'm gonna go bring you back a turkey and by the time I have it back the, you know, first week, she's already got it named and wants to take pictures with it. And it's awesome. I, I mean, and and the reason, one of the reasons why we think uh, we, well, the main reason why we want to do this podcast is it's our passion. But we think that we can provide a lot of information um, that's going to help a lot of people be more successful. Now, are we going to do that and share that information on our own? Absolutely not. We're going to have, we're going to, we want, we want the, we want the heavy hitters. What is this podcast going to cover topic wise? I mean, we're going to do it all. Um, I I want to do gear reviews. I want to get the, I want to, I want to get different bows in and I want to, um, I want to, I want to, I want to look at different bow manufacturers. I want to bring on those deer biologists and those outdoor riders that can help us put into perspective why these deer do what they do, when they do it. Same with the turkeys, and help us set up that perfect ambush to help get these deer killed. We're going to get those really heavy outdoor articles filled with information on deer behavior, and by the way, there are a lot of them. These are—I mean, we've already been through these. We've already been through these articles, and some of the ones that we're going to cover, and we're going to be—we're uh, going to be covering them. We're going to dive into this information. Chad and I are going to argue a lot. We're not going to. We're not always going to get along. Um, we don't get along in person. We're definitely not going to get along <laughs> on this podcast. We're not going, to, but we're. You know, we're going to argue um, all the time about tactics. Um, we're going to um, debate on 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 various different topics, and that and that's good because there are going to be some of our listeners that that agree with me. There's going to be some of our listeners that agree with Chad more definitely going to agree with me for sure. Uh,
0: But the point being, I mean, you know, there's certain things that, that all hunters agree on, you know, but there's always more than one way to skin a cat. I think is important thing, you know, take, take what works for, for you. You know, there's not a one size fits all type solution to, to hunting. Yep. So
1: I'll say this up front. Hunting's our passion for a reason. It's an awesome sport but none of us are going to do it the same like you said um not none of us are going to do it the same and like you said there's going to be people that are going to listen to some of the information that we share and we're going to be they're going to be like oh that's a bupkis and then they're going to go out and kill booner but i think we're going to share some good information for sure
0: okay so tommy i kind of wanted to um elaborate a little bit on uh you know i was talking about me getting back into hunting and and you know you were talking about uh you know being into hunting and becoming a better hunter um you know, not understanding, I guess, and then once you're you're learning, once you do your research and understand it helps you become a better hunter and uh you know, so I was kind of talking about how I got back into it um, you know kind of caught the the bug a little bit, and you know I shot that that button buck with my bow, and uh, also shot a doe that year as well um. So it was, but it was kind of by luck and the reason why I say that is like I said, I didn't understand um, the nuances of deer hunting. You know, I was going out, I never, you know, practiced scent control or anything like that. So, um, but, and I'd seen, I saw one buck before youth gun um, that year that uh, my son got his doe And I saw it on trail camera and we saw that thing and that was the first buck and man and it was it was a pretty tall eight. Um he was probably, you know, four and a half, five and a half years old, and I showed that to my son and man, we were pumped. We're like, All right, let's go out and get this thing, you know, and and when we went out hunting and uh that morning, you know, first morning of, of Youth Gun, uh, these does come walking through and he's like, No, dad, I wanna hold off. I want that buck. I'm like, Okay, you know, and I was kind of proud of him like he wanted to hold off and you know he kind of showed a little bit of restraint and we sat there so that those does end up leaving there was probably six or seven of them it was quite a bit came right underneath our stand and uh just like we'd seen on trail camera um you know throughout the the weeks prior i mean they just like clockwork coming in coming in um so he held off and we sat there longer didn't see anything didn't see anything didn't see anything and you know later he was like, Man, dad. He's like, I should have took one of those does. And I'm like, okay. I was like, you know, so the luxury of where we hunt is, you know, we can um you know, it's it's close to the house. So we left the stand, we came back to the house, got something to eat, we went out later that evening, those does came back in, he shot the doe. Um big mature doe, uh good shot. And uh took me about two hours to drag that thing out of the woods. But anyways, um but I'd never seen a buck in my woods. Um, you know, I'd never seen, I'd I'd never seen any sign of buck. I'd never seen rubs. I'd never seen scrapes. The only time I'd seen anything was on that, that trail camera picture. And, you know, so it gave me a little bit of hope, but, but at the same time, you know, so I caught the bug of bow hunting, but I kinda like a lot of people do, I kind of relegated myself to just being a meat hunter. I love venison, you know, and and I love hunting. You know, obviously, I would love to get a nice mature buck, you know, um, but I just didn't know how to do it. And that being said, kind of fast forward a little bit, and I was at a local pro shop uh, in Columbus, and I'm kind of looking around, and and I hear this familiar voice, right? And uh, I turn around, and I see you. (laughs) You're talking to... To one of the staff there and I kinda of slapped you on the shoulder and you and so keep in mind we hadn't seen each other. It so it's been a long time. Yeah, we we met probably about what, fifteen years ago yeah. or so. Mm-hmm. Um you were in my wedding, um and we hung out a lot and you know, and we just kinda of went different directions. Life, no, life happens. Life happens yeah. and it wasn't, you know, any bad blood or anything like that. We just kinda of went our separate ways and, you know, we're doing our own thing and just really haven't stayed in touch, but yeah, so I ran into you and, um you know, we started talking for a while.
1: And I remember specifically saying, what are you, cause this particular pro shop, it's, it's, uh, it's divided in the, it's divided in the hunting on one side, basically archery section. And then the, the fishing sections on the other side. And I was like, what are you doing back here? The fishing sections on the other side. Yeah. I remember <laughs> you saying
0: that because that's what we did together, yep. right? We, uh, we fished all the time and we never, you know, before we'd never talked about hunting. We, it was all about fishing. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, well, I'm here getting my boat tuned. And it was sitting there on the, on the counter. And I remember you looking at it and you're like, Oh, that's yours. You know, sweet. So, and then we kind of got to talking and, uh, you know, I, I forget how it came up, but basically I was like, you know, I love the hunt, but you know, I, I don't really know how I guess. And, yeah. and, uh, and you kind of Gave me some advice. You you gave me a name of a guy that, and I remember you you said this guy is a wizard. He <laughs> said this guy is a wizard, and we may get into that later, but not right so,
1: now. So, so so this is the thing. What what if what if as a say as a brand new hunter, mm-hmm. you you had someone that could come to you and say, before you do anything, I could sit down with you for for a few hours, and I could give you. 40 or 50 years of hunting experience and this is an intelligent guy right and I can give you all of this experience that I've learned over the years all the all the knowledge and I can I can pretty much guarantee that every time that you plan a hunting trip every time you go out you're going to see deer right that they can they, they, they can pretty much guarantee that and then they say okay, you're interested in hunting mature bucks. What if I were to tell you that I have the information to share with you that, um, if you take care of your business in the spring, you, you, you set up your stands properly and you set up your entrance and exit routes and you set up your stands in the right location. And, um, And you take care of your, um, all the other things that, that we'll go into over the many, many shows that we do. I can pretty much guarantee that if you go during a certain time of the year, you're going to see, you're going to see mature bucks. They're going to be right there. Um, and you're going to have an opportunity to to take, take a mature buck every year, every single year, you're going to see them. If, if you follow my advice and, um, That's, that's where, that's where, that's, those are the the type of individuals that I had hitched my wagon to. Um, It's not just one. We'll, 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 we'll we'll definitely go into the, the deer biologists and the hunting experts that we've met along the way that have shaped and formed our opinions of hunting tactics. But, um, but I, I had been fortunate enough to run across very influential people that had a tremendous amount of information that that had turned me from a very poor hunter whether it be deer turkey ducks whatever to to being a very successful hunter in in a sense where i had learned this information and studied it and um, tested it out and learned that what the information they gave me were sound I had learned it so well that I was able to to pass that information on confidently. I would, you know, I think, I think probably very early on after we met again, um, I was able to say, if you follow this advice and all the advice is based on the deer biology, when you learn about, um, the, the, the things that they've learned to do to stay alive and, um, the ways you learn about the ways that they, um, interact and the ways that they travel and when they travel. Ma- mainly, the mature deer travel mostly at night because they know they're safer at night. Um, but if you learn if you learn these things, you're going to be successful. You're going to be able to see mature mature deer. And, and I, I felt comfortable passing that information on to you when I saw you that day because because I, I had had multiple years of testing it out and I knew it was sound information.
0: Well, it's funny you say that. Because when we were talking, you know, and I mentioned, you know, I, I just, I don't know much about hunting as far as, um, you know, seeing mature animals. You know, this is what I've done so far. And, and so I'm just kind of a meat hunter, I guess. And, uh, and you told me that. And you kind of, and you said, you told me that there is a guaranteed 100% method that if you follow this method to a tee, you will see mature animals and you will kill a buck every single year. And from then you had me hooked. I was listening. And I think before we left that pro shop, um, I mean, you you had me on the path. Like you had me hooked and wanted to learn more. And, you know, just from there it kind of snowballed and, and we stayed in touch again and you know, you kept giving me more advice, more information. You gave me the resources where to find this information, and I just soaked it up like a sponge. I mean, whether it be YouTube or podcasts or articles on the internet, when I become obsessed with something, and I know you're kind of the same way. I want to learn as much about it as possible. Yeah, I constantly so, research. So,
1: the the I always wanted to know why are we chasing after these horns? Why are, why are antlers? I'm sorry. Why are we chasing after these big antlers? And and I, and I always wondered that. Why 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 can I? Why am I not satisfied with this this two or one and a half year old six point? And 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 I I always wondered that because. You know if we're being honest though that one and a half year old six point's gonna taste better than that five Absolutely. and a half year old buck so and, and 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 um so i started i started looking into the q d m a principles of of passing immature deer and um and and taking taking more mature deer and and i re- quickly quickly realized that we love this sport so much because of the challenge. We we gravitate toward traditional archery and compound bows over crossbows and gun hunting because it's more of a challenge, okay? So so one of the things I learned very quickly was the older the deer, the more mature the deer is and even the, the deer that are in the more pressured woods how smart they become. Now um these deer have been able to reach the age of maturity for a reason. There are things about that deer's personality or behavior that that drives him to do things to avoid predators, avoid human beings, and coyotes, and all of the things that are out there because they know that you know we we know they taste good, so we're going to try and t- we're going to try and bring them home and put them in the freezer. So these deer over the period of four, five, and six years old have gained the knowledge to learn how to move and where to move to avoid people trying to shoot them. And then you meet people and you talk to people and you listen to biologists and you listen to podcasts and they give you this information on how to, uh, I hate to say it, but how, how to beat the system how to use their biology against them, how to use their nose against them, how to use their vision against them, how to use their, all the senses they're hearing against them and use their, well, will just call it bluntly, use their will and drive to reproduce during the breeding season against them. And we, and we haven't used the word very much, but, you know, everybody knows the best time to to get this opportunity is when they start making mistakes during the rut. The rut is very important. We're going to learn the science and biology of the rut and and what it is that about this deer's biology that puts him in a position of vulnerability. Vulnerability. Can I say that right? Vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. Close enough. During the rut that gives us an opportunity Adam. So that's where we're at man. This is this yeah. is our just our introduction show. We have a lot of good information that we want to share. We have um we have some big ideas. We want to get the 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 foremost experts on here and explain these these um these Areas of biology that is going to put all of this in perspective for us, and and put it into perspective in a way that we can use this information for our to our advantage. Because it's very simple: if you don't take every opportunity to put an advantage on your side when you're out there in the deer woods, then you you're you're missing out you're missing out on opportunities because they already have all of the advantage. They are, their senses are so have been, they, they have one job. They have one job and they've been, they've learned their one job from the time they were born. And that is to stay alive. It's that drive to stay alive is more important than reproducing. That drive to stay alive is more important than eating, drinking, um, safety and security is their number one mission and it always is even during the rut so um once we were able to grasp those concepts and put other key tactics into um into you know into play during during the hunting season our odds went up and i and uh one last thing i have is um chad and i shot our deer both but we we shot good deer this year and um we we shot our deer within 24 hours of each other, mm-hmm. and Tommy,
0: uh, how, how many days did you go out hunting this year? I,
1: I've only, I've only hunted one. I've only hunted one one day. One I, day. I I um me personally, I took I took um, my stepson out um, a couple days. Um, but uh, it took you one day to harvest it, your buck. I, I I hunted me personally one day, and and both of our bucks are in the the Pope and Young range. Um, we haven't got them. Uh, officially scored. I, I we've uh, I've scored mine, and uh, he's he's a Pope and Young caliber deer, and um, but not, not that that matters. Um, but he's he's a mature buck, and um, he's my trophy. I don't. Uh, he may not be a trophy to some other people, but he's a trophy to me, and I, I think you feel the same which way is, about yours. Absolutely, and yeah. which is all that matters. Yeah,
0: you know what what's good for you. You know, yeah. not what you see on TV. Yeah. Um, you know, because a lot of times that stuff's not realistic, but. Yeah, that being said, I killed mine uh, the day after Tommy, so I hunted for really a day and a half to harvest my deer, Um, you know, and and these methods and tactics that we're gonna talk about in upcoming shows, um, you know, is what we used. And, you know, like I said, Tommy gave me this information and I soaked it up like a sponge, and he said, if you follow this to a T, he's like, 100% you will kill a deer or a mature buck. And it came true so i could i couldn't be more happier and then we just kind of want to share that information with with not only beginner hunters but you know experienced hunters as well um you know that can also take bits and pieces from this um even if you know our you know style of hunting isn't your cup of tea you can take um you know bits and pieces of this information people and are definitely going to gonna learn something for sure yeah, absolutely if,
1: it let's put it this way if we have if our wishes come true, we have, we have a list, uh, and we have a list of very, in my opinion, a very good list of experts, deer biologists, and, and, um, uh, forefront leaders of the industry that we're reaching out to presently that we want to have on this, this show and, and, um, and talk to us about, um, about the, the science, the science of the, you know this animal, this this this, and make no mistake about it. We we're we're um, you know we're we're nature people, man. Like the, the you know I I love my favorite animal is the white-tailed deer. Um, I I could go out there and just watch them, photograph them, um, and so so it, it, they're important to us, and the conservation is important to us. So um, I think we I think we're uh, I think we're on track. We did I mean. We're here, man. We did our first show and, um, we're excited to have you guys listening. And, um, we look forward to to being back and, um, and sharing this information with you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. That's it, bud. Are you
1: ready to wrap it up? Yes, sir. All right, man. Um, thanks again. And, uh, we'll be back with the next installment of, uh, Rut Ambush.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Rut Ambush podcast with Chad Cottle and Tommy Engram.